Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Redeem Midweek Podcast. We're so excited to have you here. And this is an important conversation, one that Liz and I have wanted to have for a couple weeks now with our good friend, Eddie Johnson. Um, He comes on and he shares his thoughts. And I just want to encourage everyone to listen through this whole podcast. Um, It might be a little long. We get through a lot of things. It's both challenging and encouraging. We are so blessed to have Eddie sharing his thoughts. We are so, um, Eddie is a leader in our church. And so he's a teaching pastor at our church. And he has also just really embraced this conversation, if you follow him on social media, and really has helped me. I call him often. Thank you, Eddie, uh, Mm -hmm. to just have this conversation and say, how do we as a church embrace this moment and not shy away from it, but rather lean in and become better for it? Right. Yeah. We just want to keep the conversation open. This is not a con- a, the kind of conversation that's just going to die down in a couple of weeks. We hope not. We want it to continually be open um, in our uh, an open conversation we have in our community, in our church. We want to continue to learn. And um, Eddie has been speaking around our community a, a, a bit. And so as he is learning more and he is uh, being downloaded more and more by the Holy Spirit, uh, we, we hope to... Um, hear from hear more from him and even in the future but right now we're kicking it off to eddie johnson for what he has for us today eddie we're so glad to have you on we have so many questions for you but first up is really just about your post i know you have a lot of followers i'm following you um i'm curious about what kind of feedback you're getting like what where are people responding the most what are they questioning the most what are they agreeing with I'm kind of just wanting to know like the temperature of the, of the people right now. Yeah. You know, Hey, thank you guys for having me. And uh, yeah, mostly good. Uh, 80, 90% good. 89%. Uh, it, well, I won't say agreement, but 80 to 90% positive as far as mm-hmm. I think similarly, or maybe we differ, but I agree with your heart. Um, I, I, you know, the, the it's, and that's the sad part because most people agree or they agree to some respect, um, but it's so easy to get sucked into the people who disagree um, mm-hmm. because they take most of the time and energy. You know, I've had people who basically told me um, they feel like racism doesn't exist. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, I don't, and, and as believers, you know, I literally, this, this person didn't tell me this directly, but I had a pastor friend of mine call me and he, and he showed me this post of someone and it's someone he knows, not in his church, just someone he knows, um, but a believer who said racism is a sin. So it, it, because it's a sin, it still exists, but he basically said, it's not a sin, um, that's, uh, that's active in today's world. And I, I sit there and I know a lot of believers, not a lot, but I would probably say, I know a handful of people who probably view the world the way he does. They would say, this is a sin, which I think all of us would agree as believers, but then I know a handful that would say, yeah, but it's different than other sins. And I just don't see how you can make that statement theologically um, because there's nowhere in scripture um, that differentiates sin. Like all sin is prevalent today, all of it. Um, I've had people say, well, it's not just racism, it's bigotry, it's whatever. Like call it what you want. It's still a sin that puts people against each other. You know, mm-hmm. I- I've been thinking today and yesterday, the two greatest commands 
are love God, love people, right? Overly simplified. Amen. Well, one is about our relationship to God and the other one is how we relate to each other. And you best believe that there's sin in this world that's trying to divide us amongst God's people and how we relate to each other. So if you ignore it, you are, uh, you are, you are the problem. Like, like, like that is the problem. The fact that you think this is a sin you can opt out of, you can opt out of dealing with. Um, you don't get that option. We don't get to opt out of dealing with lust. Okay. Uh, I told someone the other day, mm. um, uh, lust, I told someone this example, lust doesn't exist because I've never cheated on my wife. We would never say that. We all know that's not the case, right? So yeah. just because you've never seen racism in your personal worldview and what you understand it to be doesn't mean it doesn't exist. And, and that's where I see the pushback with people is that they, a lot of people only want to see it from their perspective, which I get how we all get in that place. But to say that your one perspective speaks to the totality is not true. And also my one perspective, I'm not so prideful let them say, hey, the world is the way Eddie sees it. No, but, uh, but if it's there and if it's sin, it's something that needs to be addressed just like we address every sin in this world um, yeah. as believers. And so that's my big thing. And we're going to go into this, but um, what's, how, do you, how do you address the sin? Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, so, so number one, in the context of we're in today is as believers, if we are not, lamenting and repenting as our first two steps yes. or really our first step to begin with. Uh, if you want to group that as one thing, um, if you're not lamenting and repenting, if you're not lamenting the context society is in right now, is this the worst thing that's ever happened to us? Probably not. There are people that are in pain. There are people that are hurting. There are people that have been treated unjustly. And, and, and now a lot of people want to make this just about the police brutality side of things. In my mind as a believer, this is where we need to have open eyes. This is a bigger picture than just police brutality. This is in the context of the church. Yeah. We have not done a good job of addressing issues of race in the church as it relates to us inside the body of Christ and how it relates to us when we influence the world. This is an area, the church in America, we just have been like, hey, I'm not going to talk about it. I'm not going to deal with it. I'm going to ignore it. And, and that's the part for me as a believer. I'm pushing back on. I am not an expert on police brutality. I am not an expert on systemic racism in America, mm -hmm. but I am an expert, and I put that in quotation marks, of the church. And I have seen more than enough church, and I have talked to more than enough people to know the church in America has avoided this topic. I've had pastors call me and confess to me and say, hey, I've never had to think about this. And now I'm thinking about it for the first time. Pastors I know, love, and respect. Um, the, the very fact that that's the case says there's more to it. And I, I just have a hard time when I see people who say this is a, not an issue. Well, let's follow up on that question because, you know, some people listening, they may not be part of the Redeem community, but Liz, myself, Eddie, we call Redeem home. It's our community. And one of our core values is body diversity, Amen. which is something that we want to lean into always. And this is a podcast that Liz and I have been wanting to do since day one. And I know yeah. with schedules, this is as soon as we could. But thinking about church and thinking about redeemed church, but thinking about church on a whole, what are some of the key um, kind of values or what are seem, the key cultural pillars 
to being a church that celebrates diversity, in your opinion, Eddie? Yeah, and so I've had a lot of time to think about this. And so uh, not to sermonize it, but I had three points that came to mind immediately. Uh, and they are three C's. So for all y'all who are alliteration fans out there, like me, uh, it'll help you sink in. Uh, number one is conversation. Um, there should always be conversation about um, the cultural realities of your church. Okay? That's good. And when I mean that, I mean behind the scenes. Like, I, I, as a church, we constantly are talking about the fact, hey, how's our kids' church doing? How's our youth group doing? How's the choir doing? How's the worship team doing? How is the greeter team doing? It should be a natural conversation to identify in your church. If you're in it, now here's the thing. Let me, let me take a step back. Your church should reflect your community. So if your community is super diverse and you've got 20% this, 30% that, 40% this, 10% that, your church should look like your community. If your community is 98% white, I am not expecting you to have 50% uh, uh, of your church be non-white people, right? Yeah. But if your community is diverse, like Lakewood, like Tacoma, uh, like University Place, whatnot, then I believe you are not representing the kingdom of God, okay, if your church does not reflect your community. Heaven is the most diverse place we will ever see. Heaven sees color, okay? Mm -hmm. So don't tell me you don't see color, because number one, that's literally impossible, okay? <laughs> right. Okay? And number two, heaven sees color. So so you are, are you are, are, are out your mind, okay, if you think that's the case. So, so if we are talking about all these elements as a church, right, how's our kids doing? How are our youth doing? How are our adults doing? How are our single ministry, our college ministry? Part of the conversation should be, does our church reflect our community? Who are the people we have on stage? Who are the people we have in leadership? Who are our key leaders? Who are the key volunteers? Does our church reflect the diversity in age, ability, in gender, in ethnicity? Does our church reflect our community? So if your mm -hmm. church does not reflect your community and you are not having a conversation about how your church is or isn't reflecting community, you are in error, okay? Because you have a blind spot. And we all know that when we have a blind spot, we have a problem, right? So that's one. Number two, celebration. You should be celebrating the diversity of your community. Uh, I've been blessed to be a part of some multicultural churches, multi-ethnic churches, if you want to say it that way. Um, and I love when I see my friends who, you know, there are times when I've seen my Hawaiian friends, you know, uh, stand up and, and, and lead worship in, in a way that reflects their cultural identity. Um, I, I went to a, a Young Life uh, um, conference earlier this year, YL 2020, where they had the parade of flags and they had worship being led by Christians from Africa. They had worship being led from different diverse bodies across the globe. And that just warmed my heart so much. They started singing in their native tongue and their native language. And it was beautiful and it was honoring. I literally don't understand a word they're saying, but my spirit, right? Right. Paul even says this, like when you pray in the spirit, okay, your spirit is edified, but your mind is like, I don't know what's going on. Right? Right. Okay. Totally. The same thing is true when we celebrate together. We may not completely, uh, literally understand the words that are being said, but our spirit testifies with their spirit and we celebrate together. 
And, and I think that as a body of Christ, if you are not celebrating the diversity, right, that is represented in your church, in age, in ability, in gender, in ethnicity, in culture, if you're not celebrating the differences, then you are in sin. Once again, I'm just calling it out, all right? Mm -hmm. And lastly is call to action. Uh, so you have a conversation, you have a celebration, and you have a call to action. If you are in a community and if your church is, does not reflect your community, excuse me, if you're in a diverse community and your church does not reflect your diverse community, or there is socioeconomic, if there is racial, if there is ethnic, if there is any type of dis disconnect, if you don't like the word racism, you don't like the word bigotry, I'll give you an easy word. If there's any type of social disconnect between your church and your community, you should be having a call to action to fix that disconnect. Because the gospel doesn't just change us on the inside. It changes us on the inside, and that inside change manifests Amen. to an outward change. Mm -hmm. um, that's why Jesus said, pray on earth as it is in heaven. So, so if I'm sermonizing this, uh, in your church, you should be having a conversation. Uh, you got to have a celebration, and you should have a call to action. And, and that's uh, how I view that. And, and I got fired up on that one. I'm going to keep it real. So, <laughs> we love yeah. it. Thank you. Thank you on that one, Eddie. Okay, I heard a phrase, and I've heard it from a couple different um, uh, sources this last couple of weeks, because I've been digging in to some of my faves, um, but I've been digging in a little bit, wanting to learn more, and I heard this phrase, and I want to see what you think on it, what, you, what your take is. Okay, um, those with privilege, and perhaps there's privilege that can come from all different groups, right? There is, there is. There is. Like, I, I love uh, what I heard the other day, is like, if you're tall, then like yes. you, you can dunk, right? Yes. But that's it. Like you have that privilege over someone who's like, you know, five foot. Um, okay. But moving on, like if you have privilege, um, what do you think about handing it over for the sake of empowering another person, whatever that can look like? Like if you are in a moment and you recognize it, do you think it's like cool to hand it over to someone that you know doesn't? Um, or is it like, is there a place for that? Uh, I'm, I'm going to take a step back before okay. I take a step forward. Okay, great. Um, Pastor Dr. Dr. Brian Loritz has been my um, mentor at a distance. Never met the man, but he's been my mentor for the last five years on these ideas that we're talking about today. Because I think he is level-headed, he's balanced. He talks about it from a perspective of the church, the kingdom of, of God, the body of believers. And he's one of the people who I've heard say this. Mm -hmm. And uh, my word's not his, but I think the spirit in agreement is there. Privilege is not the sin. Because, you know, I'm going to get super controversial. If my friends of color don't think that we have privileges, okay, that are subscribed to us, we are sadly mistaken. Now, historically, as the country of the United States of America, there has been a white privilege, okay? In the sense that all our founding fathers, you don't see a bunch of guys in there who are like, hey, um, people of color, what do you think? Women, what do you think, right? They weren't asking the opinions of other people. They built the idea the way they saw it, for better or for worse. Yeah. So when we talk privilege, we talk all of us have things that make up who we are that give us an advantage. If you're tall, if you were born into a wealthy family, 
um, if you're athletically gifted. Um, the fact that we were all born into the United States of America is yeah. a privilege. If you have both your mom and dad that have been married and been together for your whole life, there has been a historical privilege that we will always, to some degree as a country, feel the ripple effects of our original sin, okay? A pebble gets dropped into a lake, the ripple effects just keep going on for eternity, right? Yeah, yeah. We all will have to endure that burden to some degree. The issue of privilege, privilege in and of itself is not a sin. What you do with your privilege. Um, I, I look at someone to make this a super generic um, example. Someone like LeBron James, who um, has his I Promise School, where any kid who goes through that school, graduates from their school, uh, can get bikes, can get a computer. Uh, their parents can get equipped to get job training, job placement, and they get a tuition paid to go to the University of Akron if they go to that school. Right. I'm not saying LeBron James is perfect. I'm not saying you got to like him. But he used the financial privilege that Nike and the NBA put him in. He used his athletic privilege to get those opportunities. He was disciplined in the midst of his athletic privilege. And he, all those privileges he has, he put together, okay? And he yep. now has set things up and set legacies up for multiple generations of people. Yes. I'm not saying I like him, not saying I love him. I'm just using that as an example, okay? We all have levels of privilege. Yeah. We all have different things that push us forward and we have things that hold us back. I tell people all the time, my dad died when I was six years old. That is something that's terrible. I, having my, I would much rather have my dad be around for the last 32 years of my life than not have him being around, okay? If you want to call that a lack of privilege, call it that, call it whatever you want, okay? I would much rather would have had the privilege of my dad being around than him not being around, okay? Yeah. It, it, that, and I'm kind of going off topic, so I'll dial it back in. But that's my idea. It, the issue isn't that you have it. It's everything you do with it. Do with it. What okay. did you do with it? And, and that's where as Christians, let me say this and I'll give it back to you guys. We have a privilege of having the Holy Spirit of God speaking to us intimately, living inside of us. We have a blessing and a privilege. Maybe that's what we should call it. Maybe we should call it a, 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 a Christian privilege, okay? All right? Yeah. We have a, a, a privilege having Holy Spirit love inside of us. And we are to take the thoughts and minds of and mind of God, and we are to deliver that to the world. And we do that through how we love each other. That's what the Bible says. Yeah. And so all of this talk about privilege, like it's a demon, Every all this talk about privilege, like it's evil and it's vile. And once again, I don't care what the world is saying. If you take a step back and look at the truth and the reality that we all have privilege, what are you as a believer doing with your privilege? It's so good. I'm so glad you you brought up the Holy Spirit because that's going to go into a word that we have. And any person with privilege speaking and communicating with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is going to highlight exactly what you can do with a your time, your money, your uh, if you see someone in need, boom, fulfill it. Yeah. Uh, it's it's like you don't have to have it all figured out right now what to do with your yeah. your privilege, but the Holy Spirit's going to guide you along the way. Yeah. And, and I'll add one more thing to it. Uh, okay. A good friend of mine, a pastor, Mark Knight says he calls it white blindness. And, you know, he and I did a little talk the other day and I think how many Christians do we know Kurt and Liz that have had the privilege of the Holy spirit living inside of them. 
And the Holy Spirit spoke to them and said, go talk to that person. Mm -hmm. And they never did it. How many do we know? A lot, right? How many of us are guilty of that, right? (laughs) My hand just went up. My hand is up. Both our hands are up. Uh, The three of us right now, our hands and our feet are up. Because we've all had the privilege of the Holy Spirit living inside of us, telling us to do something, and then we ignored it. Hmm. All right, let me guess. I'm going to get spicy, as the kids say. (laughs) How many of my white friends had the privilege of speaking up on behalf of someone else who was a person of color, and they didn't speak up when they knew they should have? Yeah, yeah. There's a good chance that that's happened more than once. That's the issue. There are times in our history as a church where that has happened. And it's okay. It's not okay. It's not okay. But it's okay to admit it and move forward. Well, let me, let me ask you this. You know, one thing that you are is your gospel guy first, right? That's, that's one thing we know. And, and you and I have had a couple conversations about this and, and you keep bringing that up and, and I, and I keep bringing it up and, and sharing the gospel is what you're all about. You've committed your life to it. Um, but how do we talk about race and societal problems and the gospel at the same time? How do we navigate that? Because that's, that's a question that we want your expertise on because all of us, the number one thing we're doing is witnessing to Jesus. And I, I know this, I think you know this, and I, I, or at least I believe this, that you can't share the gospel necessarily without talking about some societal problems too, right? Yeah. Like there, there, yeah. there's, they go hand in hand in Jesus throughout scripture. It clear that it goes hand in hand, but how do you navigate that as a gospel guy and trying to bring this important conversation up in the church? Kurt, I posted this stat on my Facebook the other day. 75% of white people don't have a black friend. 65% of black people don't have a white friend. Uh, like, let's keep it real. How many white friends, how many white Christians out there, Eddie is your only black friend or your only friend of color? Um, if that's the case, that's the problem. Because I can assure you, you are not my only white friend. I can assure you of that. Okay. Um, uh, if you are unwilling, I heard a line who sits around your table, who sits around your dinner table are the people who will sit at your church. You know, the people who sit at your dinner table are the one who will be in your congregation. And if you have not opened up your home to people who look like you and don't just look like you, don't just look different than you, excuse me. If you haven't opened up your home to people who look different than you, And if you haven't opened up your home to people who think different than you, that's the problem. Church, you, cause you say you're all about reaching out, but in reality, you're only about reaching out. If it's easy for you to do, you're only okay with reaching out. If those people agree with you, you're only okay with reaching out. If those people line up to your way of thinking, you are not okay with reaching out. If those people are different than you. I don't care if you're a liberal Christian. I don't care if you're a conservative Christian. If all the people who sit at your table look like you and think like you, you have a problem. Because when you look at the story of Jesus and you look at his 12 disciples, you had a man who was literally a traitor to Jesus and Judas. You had Matthew, who was a traitor to his race. Okay, let's not get it twisted. He was a tax collector for Rome. Okay. The Jews looked at him like he was a traitor to their people and his kind. 
He had two brothers who were zealots, James and John, who literally said, hey, let's call lightning down on these guys. Let's burn these cats up and get them out of here, okay? Jesus around his table, he had a motley crew of people who did not think or act like him, and they did not think or act like each other. This is the beauty of life groups, I think. Amen. In church is that you, um, because I, not all of your friends go to church. Um, you know, you can have, you know, friends who don't go to church at all, but when you're in the church, you can, you know, that's something that we can do is choose a life group that shows diversity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just, I, I just firmly believe that if we, we, I think us as American Christians, we think we're way better than we are. Uh, we think, well, I did that one thing that one time with that one person, so I must be yeah. good. Yeah. So we are we are we are pretty homogenized to think and act and live one way. So Eddie, how are you feeling? Um, you since you've been talking a lot, are you feeling empowered? Are you feeling energized? Exhausted? Are you feeling perhaps repurposed, redirected? I I'm giving all of these these words because asking all these words because this is a heavy topic. And, um, and you are, you have a platform because you're a teacher and a leader in the community. And, um, do you feel burdened? Like now this is something that you're going to talk about, or do you feel the joy in it? Like, this is, this is like my purpose. This is my fire. Uh, maybe all of the above, but some yeah. of the words you said are actually words I've, I've quoted. Um, I do feel empowered. I'll be honest. Um, I think part of the reason why I feel empowered is because I've been on this journey for about five years. Uh, matter of fact, I just looked on um, Instagram and it was five years ago. I read the book, Right Color, Wrong Culture, uh, July 1st of 2015. And since then, if you would have asked me on June 1st of 2015, I probably would have been the guy who said, but all lives matter. Okay. Okay. Um, and I don't say probably, I say I would have, because I, I actually remember times when I did say that, you know, um, when I was still in process over these last few years. Um, and the reason why I'll say Black Lives Matter is not because now I'm supporting a, an organization, but because I see the fact that there is this pain, and that's all right, dogs bark, right? <laughs> I see the fact that there's pain in our society, and it's mostly made up of black and brown people. Some of that pain might be perceived, some of it might, yeah, but a lot of it I don't think is. And so I feel empowered because when no one was looking, I sat with friends like Grant Twyman, like Katie Davis, like several other friends, and we had real hard heart-to-heart -heart conversations because I read books like Right Color, Wrong Culture, um, because I listened to podcasts and sermons, and I started hearing the realities, and specifically as it relates to the church, I started hearing and seeing the realities of what was going on. And then I started reflecting on my personal story uh, and how I've always just naturally been, and people who know me, uh, Dave, Dave and I joke about this all the time. He always says, bro, you have the most eclectic cultural background because I have a Jamaican dad and an English mom. Um, I moved to Washington from Bronx, New York, and and I was a kid who listened to hip hop and R&B and then uh, would listen to Stone Temple Pilots and Nirvana. Um, and I love kimchi because when I moved to Washington, my friends were Korean. And, um, and I go through different stages of my life. Obviously, my wife is white. 
I'll speak to my in-laws, you know. I know my in-laws were shocked when they found that that I've been pulled over and harassed by cops before. They'd never considered the fact that their son-in-law had been pulled over and harassed by a cop. Um, I know my in-laws when they first realized, wait, like, and hopefully I'm not speaking out of turn, but I think I can say this, you know, when they see videos of, of Ahmaud Arbery and they start to think of Tamir Rice and they think that could be our grandson one day, you know, a biracial kid who's the wrong cop or the wrong person um, is having a bad day or they're just an outright racist and they do something. And, and hear me when I say that, I'm not knocking our police officers, okay? I am not trying to make a political statement. I'm just speaking to a reality, a, yeah. a perceived or and real reality, okay? Um, if, you, if you know anything about growing up, growing up in the 90s and growing up in the, you know, uh, you know what a DWB is, driving while black, right? Okay, <laughs> if you know that phraseology, you know that that's a real thing that black men have felt for a long time in this country, okay? Once again, maybe it's perceived, maybe it's real. I know it's real. It's happened to me here in, it happened to me in Lakewood. It happened to me in Lakewood and Stillicum where I got pulled over and harassed by a cop once. Yeah. It happened to me in Las Vegas, Nevada. So so anyway, I'm getting off topic. So when when you ask how I'm doing, I do feel empowered because I've been able to think about this stuff when no cameras were on. I was yeah. able to think about and ask these questions of myself when there wasn't a bunch of sensational news in the media. And so I had the opportunity to think it through rationally. Um, and, I, and I looked at where I see a lot of people are wrong. A lot of people on the left are wrong and a lot of people on the right are wrong. And I have just purposed myself to say, I, I know the truth is somewhere in the middle and I want to live somewhere in the middle, and I want to find that truth. I am by no means an expert. Um, the also re reality is, I have thought lately is, I've had a lot of people who I know who normally wouldn't pay attention to me who are. So I'm trying really hard to keep everything I say, like Kurt said earlier, gospel-centered. Yeah. I want to focus on the fact that the gospel is paramount in all things. Um, you're yeah. right, but just because the gospel is paramount in all things, doesn't mean we live in a society that believes that. Doesn't mean we live in a society where everyone loves Jesus. We live in a society where sin abounds. Sin is abounding in the society. And, and racial injustice and racial sin abounds in the society because it's sin. So I wanna be honest about what I see. I wanna be, and I wanna be honest about the solution. Mm -hmm. So from that standpoint, I do feel empowered. I am tired, and, uh, and I, and, but also in the midst of being tired, I feel hopeful that as believers, um, we can be the voice of holiness, of purity, of righteousness, of truth yeah. in the midst of all this craziness. And, but that will only happen if we as a church, number one, confess to the sins that we have as far as, hey, as a church, we've screwed up in this regard. And we made this about a political statement, just like the world did rather than looking at the heart of the matter and to see that people are in pain and mm -hmm. we should be responding to their pain in truth, but also in love. And, and, and anyone in the church who wants to get angry um, because of all the stuff, man, yo, just remember, Jesus sat, last thing I'll say, and I'm done. <laughs> I read this story again this week. The woman caught in the act of adultery in John 8, she was guilty. She was flat out guilty. Even in her guilt, Jesus sat down in the dirt with her 
Mm -hmm. All Christians are called to the ministry of reconciliation. Yeah. Last question here then, going off that, Eddie, you know, you say you've been on this journey. The books, the movies, the resources, the the voices that you would recommend, if you could just give us two or three, um, and then we'll end this podcast like that, because I I do want to make sure that we're all leaning in and not leaning out after this conversation. Yeah. Uh, Woke Church, Dr. Eric Mason, Right Color, Wrong Culture, Dr. Brian Lawrence, Insider, Outsider, Dr. Brian Lawrence, Um, man, third option, Miles McPherson. my wife, Kendra, is reading a book called Be the Bridge, Latasha Morrison. But the two that have really helped me shape a lot are uh, Woke Church and Right Color, Wrong Culture. Um, right Color, Wrong Culture is written really to a leader. Um, so if you don't want to go that direction, go inside or outsider. And like I said, my wife, Kendra, right now is reading Be the Bridge. Um, so that's just a few. Awesome. Thank you, Eddie. Well, Liz, over to you. I think we got to, like we end all podcasts, a word, and then we're going to do some prayer time. Okay. So um, the word that I have for y'all today is just coming out of First John. If you follow me on social, I uh, post about that. It's five chapters. And um, in this time when we're all maybe thinking, or maybe not all of us, but when we're wondering what we can do next, where do we go from here? God is continuing reminding me to abide in him and in his word now more than ever, because in that place, he is going to be teaching us and revealing what's in our hearts. And then that can lead us to possibly a place of repentance. After repentance comes confidence where we can stand before the Lord. And here's the beauty of that. When we are confident before the Lord, we can ask him anything and he hears us. And this is the moment where we can ask him to, um, to, to change this, to heal that, to, to bring justice, to bring truth. Um, it's just, it's like this flow chart. And so I, first of all, I, I am asking all listeners, just take like 20 minutes and read for chapters one through five in first John. It's going to talk about what love is. It's going to talk about loving your brother, that if you are abiding in Christ, you are loving your brother. And, um, my gosh, it's just like, it's just a good word. And, um, yeah. And so I just want to kind of close with that. And I think we're going to go into a little bit of a prayer time where we can sort of practice this. And all three of us um, have said that we are down to, to sort of model this. And that is just the idea of repentance and um, asking the Lord to, uh, to forgive of something that we have been negligent on um, considering these issues going on in the world. So did you all want to start that with me? Do it. Okay. Yes, I'm here. So I realized I was muted. No, it's all good. Okay. So I'll start off. Okay. All right. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this time with Eddie. Thank you for the position that you have put him in. Thank you for his voice, the impact he's making, the truth you're giving him, the gentleness, just the focus on the gospel. But uh, Heavenly Father, you have revealed some things in my heart that I want to ask for repentance of. And it is the fact um, that I simply have not um, been aware enough to stop down to stop and think of of what people might be going through i have um, a niece and a nephew that are um, half black and half white and i just assumed that they were fine i didn't ask about 
their pain um, when all this was going on, not just before George Floyd, but it took um, George Floyd for me, for my eyes to be opened and to be considerate of other people and what they might be going through. So I ask for forgiveness for that. And as I come into further awareness of, of people's stories, of, of stories of history that I've just never heard about God that are just uh, atrocious. Um, Father God, I just ask that you uh, increase the awareness in me and Holy Spirit continue to talk to my heart about what I can do. Um, going forward to love my brother and to and to love my niece and nephew who need to know that people in their family are are standing up for them and support them and agree with them um and and just um yeah thank you god oh lord lord um man we are in a time of a lot of pain a lot of hurt a lot of confusion, a lot of um, people wanting to take sides, a lot of people mad and angry. Lord, we are in a time when people have experienced um, pain. Um, and Lord, I just come to you, Father, and, and I don't even always have the right words, Lord. Um, I don't even know fully the right thing to say, but I just know that Lord, there are people that are in pain. There are people that are tired. And I just want to say, Hosanna, Lord. Hmm. God, we just need you to save. We need you to come and rescue us. We need you to come to rescue our minds, to rescue our imaginations, to rescue our hearts. God, I pray, Lord, that not, not there wouldn't be one of us as believers who would prop up our ideologies, both politically socially we would not prop up any of our ideologies above what we prop up um the gospel the love of jesus the truth of the gospel the truth of who jesus is and it is true that you yes you have come to save all men and set all men free but you also have come that we would reconcile and we would be reconciled to one another that divide the walls that are in between us would come down lord but in, even in saying that, Lord, you recognize that there are walls between us, Lord. And God, that you recognize there are walls between us and you are able to bring them down. So Father, Lord, yes, we want to be recon reconciled vertically to you. But we also want to be reconciled vertically with one another. So for our sin, our sin of hatred, bigotry, racism, for the sin of this nation and for the sin of us as individuals, for our sin of blindness and, and blind spots and ignorance, Lord God. Lord, we repent. I repent, Lord. God, I am I am just as guilty of saying and doing things as so many others, Lord. So, Lord, I lay my life down and I come to you and I say, thank you, Lord, for saving me. Thank you for saving us and continue to move in us um, that we might uh, be the light of this world in every way, shape, and form. In Jesus' name. And Jesus, I just want to pray for the families out there just this I just felt the the spirit just say that um, so much of this is generational and we have the opportunity to uh, end generations of uh, hatred generations of ignorance I pray right now for Meg and I that you would help us to lead our family well that we would challenge our kids to have diverse friends and have diverse conversations that we would let our kids uh, experience the world in a whole nother way 
that they would uh, travel and that they would uh, learn and that they would grow and that they would experience your Holy Spirit um, in unique ways, that they would have conversations that both encourage them and challenge them, that they would have friends that give them new perspectives and different perspectives and grow up in different places and grow up in different uh, contexts and that they would be well-rounded and so that they can pass on to the next generation just this world where the the gospel is coming to life in a whole new way and that the 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 beautiful diversity that you gave us here on earth is celebrated and that the church would never look the same and we just pray right now that you would just be with the next generation that you would be with this generation that we would be setting into motion uh, a whole new way to experience faith just mm. that you would help all of us to experience you in a whole new way and we pray that you would just uh, bless this conversation and that everyone that hears it would um, just be forever uh, changed by this in jesus name mm. we pray amen amen well eddie thank you so much for joining us that's it for this week's podcast uh we'll be back on next week with another challenging conversation but we are so thankful to have eddie in our community we're so thankful that he would come on and sh uh, share his thoughts with us and we really do pray that this podcast was encouraging and challenging and we'll see you next week